Hello and welcome to the Mass for Tech podcast episode 32. I'd say it in French, but I don't know it. Anyway, welcome. Nil pois. Nil. There's no points. <laughs> There's no points. It's the only French I know from watching well, Europe. That voice you're hearing is Joe, who's jumping in before his introduction. Yes, Very unpodcasting <laughs> etiquette rude. Yeah. I think. Maybe. Uh, is there podcasting etiquette? Probably. I'm sure we break it all. Yeah, probably because you didn't say what your name was. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> I'm Mitch. Anyway, if you didn't already know, if this is your first episode, sorry. Yes. So, welcome to... Has it been a while since, or is it, we on time? We're track? about a week behind schedule, I think, because we had a few things on this month. And we'll get to that, I suppose. So, let's get right into it. One of those things that we always seem to be doing is gaming. So, have you been gaming... I have. I've done a fair bit of gaming this Really? Month. I've actually finished a game, which I haven't done for a long time. I was getting... too busy creating characters in wrestling games or something like that. Yeah, a little bit like that. I had been playing Saints Row the Third, and I think I mentioned on last month's episode that I got to a point where I was stuck on a mission, and then I finally got past that mission. Now you're a man on a mission. You were a man on a mission. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was Mabel. <laughs> little joke there people might understand that I don't know but right no, in I, if you do if I, you get it I just got to the point where I felt that all of the missions were too samey mm-hmm. and I thought I need something different and I'd had the first episode of Wolf Among Us on the hard drive for quite a while since it first came out and yep. it was free when it first came out the first episode and I'd listened to a couple of podcasts where they were selling it up a little bit and I thought well maybe I'll give this a go and I really enjoyed it now, that's the telltale, not quite a point-and-click adventure, but might as well be a point-and-click adventure. Yeah. I think they call it an interactive story. Yep. It's less point-and-clicking and more choices of how you want to go, your responses and stuff like that. With so, the odd, it tells you to push a certain button or something. Yeah, time, basically, sort of yeah, something, yeah, quick-time events that's for some yep. of the... The, the big action sequences, I guess you'd call them. But apart from that, it's all choices. Basically. Yeah, it is all choice based. And it basically remembers your choices and sort of Plays sways out. the story based on that. Now, this is based on the Fables comic yep. from Vertigo, which, which is- I've, I've never read. I've read but it. I, I absolutely love it. Essentially, yeah. if you don't know, it's basically all the characters from the fairy tales live in New York. There was a thing going on in these fairy tale lands called the Adversary, which essentially made them escape the lands and they went through magic and portals to our world and they live in New York and have for the last hundred or so years and they use the magic from the witches and all that from that time to sort of hide them in New York. Yeah, they have this thing they call glamours, which they sort of use to make them look so um, if you got, like, more human. The three little pigs or something, if they want to look human, they can use a glamour to do that. Yeah. Um, in the comic, if you choose not to do a glamour, you live in the farm. Yeah, they mentioned quoted, that in the game as well. In quotation marks, the farm, and that's where those animals live. The comic is fantastic. I can't rave enough about it. I think yeah. it's, uh, it's really good. This is told pre... Yeah, this I is pre the comic starting. Yeah. From the storyline takes place before that because the comic as a whole is is really good, but it, it plays out people die, storylines yeah. finish, and so this takes place pre all the shenanigans that have taken place. So I played the first demo version of it, which is like the first 25 minutes or so, and I really dug it thinking I actually got the whole thing for free, but just the demo was for free. And it's like yeah. I got to like 25 minutes in, it's like, oh, if you'd like to pay more, would you like to buy this? It's like, I would, but not right now. So mm. I well, will get to it now that you've played it and yeah, said you like. It's broken down into five episodes that each have six chapters in in the episodes. And as I said, the first one was free. And I think the second one I picked up on sale when it was on one of the deals of the week or something like that. And I had the first two there and I played pretty much the first one straight through. And it was about hour and 45 minutes, two hours, probably less than that if you understand 
understand the concept of the clicking and, and that sort of stuff. It took me a little while. And at first I was investigating everything rather than just sort of letting it slip. And you're basically, you play Big B Wolf, who is the big bad wolf. And he's big sheriff of the... <laughs> Of yeah, sheriff of the the fables, and it revolves around a murder that happens, and he has to investigate what's happened with the murder. And yeah, as you talk to people, it gives you like a a little circle on the screen that sort of says press A if you want to do this action, or press B if you want to do this action, or what is it X Y? Yeah, different color buttons, and it it plays out from there. And there's always more of a good choice, a bad choice, and a sort of indifferent sort of thing. Yep. And I found myself kind of leaning towards the bad choices a lot more. I think you're a cunt. Oh, yeah, apparently. But then every time I played any game where you've got a morality meter, I always end up being the bad guy. How? It's so easy to be a good guy. It's Seriously. Like someone, you're interviewing someone and he gives you the shit. So it gives you the option to punch that guy. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's giving me the shit, so I'm going to punch him. You've got anger issues. I do. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Yes, I do. Ask the people at the local um, (laughs) phone carrier people today. Yes. But no, I really enjoyed it. And as I said, uh, I played through the first episode in one night. And then the next night I played through the next one. And I thought, yeah, that's it. I'm just going to buy the season pass and get the rest of the the episodes. So I think as the first one was free, I'm not sure if it is still free. And after that, you can get the season pass for, I think it's either $14.95 or $15.95. Sounds good. And that's everything else. So I kind of jibbed myself a little because I'd already bought episode two when I bought the season pass. So I think I paid a little bit more than I should have. Over the course of the week, I actually managed to do it in in proper settings. I did like episode two and three back to back one Saturday night. And then over the the rest of the week, I did an episode a night to finish it off. Uh, Well, I'll definitely be getting onto it eventually. I really liked it. I have heard a couple of people complain saying that if you want to go the purely good route and not you know, not hit anyone and not do anything nasty, it takes quite a bit longer because it kind of well, sidesteps like real life probably, or yeah. maybe it's rewarding assholery. I don't know. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. The characters were, were really you know, well fleshed out. It was, well, it was written a, by Bill Willingham, yeah, who is, writes yeah. the comics. So. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a good story. It was entertaining. I wasn't a huge fan of the quick time events because a couple of them I didn't quite understand. Yeah, well, it kind of gives you a, an image on the screen of a thumbstick moving backwards and forwards, but it doesn't actually say whether it's your left thumbstick or your right thumbstick. I'll do both. Well, I did. And then eventually I was too slow doing the left thumbstick and I should have been doing the right one and I... You know, something bad happened to me, but yeah, highly recommended. It. Mm-hmm. Now, the free game of the other week was Motocross Madness. Now, did yes. you? I downloaded it. I played for a session. I'd already bought this for like a dollar at Christmas time in the Christmas sales. So Haha, <laughs> sucker! I, yeah, I I'd played probably about half a dozen races so far. Actually, I noticed you were playing it just on the weekend, and I jumped on and thought, yeah, maybe I'll give it a go. And I had a quick little race, and then my kids jumped in and decided they want to have a race, and they quite like the fact that it's your avatar riding the motorbike yeah i just it's got a bit, yeah I, I haven't even thought about going back to it to be honest no it's pretty it simple for free it? but that was about it yes all right now we discussed prey last time and i finished it yes and it was fine like it was more of the same and it was good now looking back i was actually looking about how old it was and it was quite innovative some of the things in it yeah. Like, there was a portal element to it, which, well before portal. So, I think it had some really good ideas. It just it was just a bit generic. And it was very nasty. Like it was very anal. It, like, there were a lot of sphincters. Oh, Literally, really? there was a lot of um, the alien technology looked like bumholes. A lot of it. But Did that, it look like bumholes, or are you just obsessed with bumholes so it just looked like a bumhole to you? Maybe a bit of both. Mm. Um, yeah, so anyway, finished that, it was fine. And then I jumped into, I don't know why, I started Far Cry 3. Now, that's a big game. Yeah, now, we've talked about Far Cry 2 way back. 
on this show. Definitely. I'm pretty sure we have. Yeah, I think you're early on. Mm, and it, it's the same. And we talked about Blood Dragon, definitely on this, which is yes. essentially exactly the same game, but a lot less neon in this thing. So you're running around South Africa somewhere, I think, but there's a lot of people with Polynesian accents. Well, I don't know where the hell I am, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm I can't not sure. Remember. I haven't it, really it, read it's into irrelevant. it. irrelevant. But essentially, it's the same sort of game as Far Cry 2, as Blood Dragon. The mechanics are the same. You go around and you have missions. Now, in Far Cry 2, there was the not a problem with the game, but an aspect of the game was you had malaria. So every now and then, you might just get come over with some sickness and you've got to inject yourself with malaria medicine, which is fine. That means it's another aspect of the game you've got to look out for. You've got to make sure you keep up your stocks of malaria medicine but unfortunately in the middle of a firefight is where it could take place and it's kind of annoying but it was an aspect that was different yeah, um, maybe that's something extra, didn't it? You don't have that in this time, which is that's fine. Good. With Far Cry 2, everyone wanted to kill you. If you weren't in a village and you were just out in the open spaces, and it's very much a game about open spaces, if you were out in the open space, people, no matter who they were, would just shoot at you. <laughs> there were no civilians. There was only militia that wanted to kill you. You don't quite have that problem this time around. That's good. I am absolutely loving it. That's good. There's an aspect of the game where you don't have a map to start with. The other one, before, you used to look, pull a map and look at it. You don't yeah, have that I, anymore. I like the fact in Far Cry 2 that mm. it was very realistic in the fact that you didn't press a button and it went to a map. A different screen of a map. You literally pulled out yeah. a map and looked at it and then put it down. So you couldn't open a map and then while people were shooting at you, yeah. you know, you'd literally be pulling a map out while people were shooting at you. <laughs> That's not in this one. You go to a map screen this time around. But what they have are radio towers that aren't active because the militia in this place has decommissioned them all. So you've got to go climb up the tower, and once you unlock that tower, you get access to guns, and an area opens up to you as a map. And there's like 18 towers around the island, so you... and they're harder and harder to get to the top of like they're all broken and dilapidated so you got to find your, a place to jump from one area to another to get up and get to the top okay. and I'm sure some guy was the chief tower designer <laughs> how can I make this one harder how can I do this one different than the other one and you've got your storyline base then you've got your side stories and at the start of the game I knew it was going to be big and I'm like alright I'm just going to go main story just get it over and done with I'm happy enough with that let's go and I went out there and I did that and I've got to the near the end of the storyline now I was like I don't want to finish this yet I'm going to go off and do it all the side missions so I've actually done it a lot ass backwards because in this one as well as you start off carrying one gun and there's animals now I'm assuming this is very similar to Red Dead Redemption that you kill animals because they definitely want to kill you okay. cassowaries and Komodo dragons fucking assholes seriously based on that I'd say you're not in South Africa you're probably Pacific Island so well, there you go and there's bears there's bears oh, okay Maybe and not. tigers no lions <laughs> oh, well. oh my leopards <laughs> So I, I don't know where that we are. Maybe so, you're in a zoo somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so to, you skin these animals when you kill them. If you get the cert, the right combination of skins, you can craft something. So you'll craft a, a bigger wallet so you can only carry so much money that you get. Otherwise, you need to craft a bigger wallet with some shark skins and things like that. As you do. Yeah, and I think if I did everything in the right order they wanted you to, you would craft yourself up properly and add things to it. So you okay. go from one gun to two. Then you go from two to three. You can't go straight to four if you have the right things you've got to go through the, the levels but it's funny because there was one thing it was just something like easy like dog pelts I needed to get from one level and this was well into the game and then when I finally got the second one of that it was like oh you can do the next one now and the next one and the next one because they had all the <laughs> oh, okay. the right things to go through yeah so I've crafted everything up now and you liberate villages something oh, um, camps they're all taken by the militia so if you go in and kill them all you can liberate it for your team essentially Yeah. so 
I've gone through and I liberated all the villagers the other day, so that's all done now. So I'm nearly running out of side missions, so I have to finish the game. But I'm really digging it, and oh, I've got some good kick-ass. I've got all the good weapons now, too. So, I mean, the more... I'm, it's like Borderlands, you know, as soon as yeah. you get max yourself out to be kick-ass, then bring it on, bring this game. That, that's that's what I really liked about Far Cry 2, is the fact that you start off with pretty shitty weapons and then you get decent ones by the end of it. But the weapons degraded as you went along. Well, that's so not in this yeah, one, but yeah. That, good guns. Well, this is... You always have access to good guns, and there's fast travel in it as well. Right. And that's what I found was good at the start. I was like, oh, there's fast travel, thank Christ, because it is a big map, and yeah. you drive or walk from some place to another, and then you realise that 700 metres is not going to take long because you've got your map telling you how far yeah. something is with a checkpoint or whatever. Fast travel just meant easy. I'm going here to here to here to here to here to here. But there's something I loved about Far Cry 2 was you had on your map a little detector for these suitcases that yeah, had diamonds, diamonds in them. And stuff, yeah. So you go around the map, and it would just beep, and when you ever you're near a diamond, it would beep that little bit quicker. So you're like, oh, so you pull your car over and look around the area and try and find these hidden diamonds. And it added an aspect of the game that made you explore. And I do love exploring in these games. Yep. And this one had fast travel. No fucking exploring. I'm just going to fast travel the next one, the next yeah. one, the next one. And um, now I'm exploring. Like, it's boarded into the game because you can buy maps as well, which add things to your map that you see. It adds, oh, here's treasure some treasures and yeah. here's this and here's okay. that. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that while I'm here. And, oh, that's just the other road, so I'll go find that now. So it's a very different in those sort of aspects. Yeah, I've got the kick-ass sniper rifle now, and I just, like, liberate villages by going up there and just blowing people away. <laughs> they just go flying. So, yeah. Yeah, it's still going, and I dare say by the next time we record, it'll definitely be over. It's all Do you I'm know doing. How far in? How many percent? No, no. I, I reckon I'm ninety percent. I mean, oh, I, I got better than the last time because remember yeah, uh, with Far Cry Two, it crashed. Seventy-two percent save and then yes, corrupted. So I dare say, it. and like that, if I didn't finish it yeah. now, I've, it's the same gameplay the whole time. But what I'm enjoying now actually is looking for the treasures yeah. or the relics. I've got them on the map, so they're around here somewhere. And you go to that area on the map, it's like it's not here. Must be underground. So you go looking for. Okay. caves or mine shafts and so it, it, it's encouraging me to explore it and I'm, I'm loving that side of it really good and well speaking of mining and long games and big games yes. I have finally succumbed to mm. playing Minecraft on the iPad sucker well my seven year old decided that a couple of his friends at school had started playing Minecraft and he wanted to play Minecraft mm-hmm. so we my wife and I didn't really know a lot about Bye-bye. Minecraft so we decided that we should probably get him the PC version so he could play online with his friends. Mm-hmm. And then we went and bought the PC version and I tried it for about a minute and couldn't understand the controls and just sort of rage quit very quickly. And she was like, You've well... you got anger issues. I do. <laughs> and then I was like, well, maybe we should just get the iPad version and we'll go from there. So I think the iPad version, I think it does have online abilities. Does, but yes. Yeah, we're pretty happy with the fact that you can just play Wi-Fi on two iPads and if you buy it on one iPad because we've got the one iTunes account, I now have it on my iPad and my wife has it on hers. Oh, wow. Yes, my wife. So Will started playing it. Didn't really enjoy it that much because he couldn't work out the controls either. Both got angry. <laughs> no, he didn't get angry. He just got upset. So Stella decided that she was going to give it a go. And she played probably for about half an hour and sort of couldn't understand the concept of it. And then one of his little friends from school lent him the Minecraft Beginner's Guide book. And we sat down one weekend and had a decent read of that. And I went, well, now that I know what I'm meant to be doing, maybe I should have another go. You got to craft. You do. You have to find things and craft them. And then from there you can craft better things and 
you know, build your house and stuff like that. And I was hooked pretty much as soon as I knew what I was meant to be doing. Within probably an hour of playing, I'd built my house, I'd got torches, I'd got set up. And then I thought, well, yeah, this this is good. I'm going to enjoy this. And probably over the course of the first weekend after I first started playing, I've put in about 18 hours worth into it. So this is yet another game of your son's that you have taken over. Yes. Because he does it wrong. Well, no, he's not doing it wrong. I've just <laughs> learned how to do it so I can now show like him Like Angry Birds RPG thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he plays it his way and then when he's not playing it I go through and you know, build up the characters and actually role play it so my characters get better and then he enjoys it more because they beat people easier. But yeah, I, it was funny because you sent me a text earlier in the week when I mentioned I'd started playing Minecraft and you were like, so is it really a game? And I still don't think it's a game. It's more of a... It's like a simulator, and it, it is almost like a job. Like you have this sort of 10-minute day-night cycle where it, it gets dark after 10 minutes. We're playing it on the very easiest level, so there's no bad guys. But if you play it on the normal level, there's you know spiders and creepers and stuff that come out at night and try and kill you. But we haven't done that. We're, so I'm finding that I'm just frantically looking around for iron ore and coal and stuff, and I'm just mining like crazy. And initially, yeah, I built myself a really nice house, and then I thought I'll go for a bit of a wander into the wilderness and see what I can find and I couldn't find my way back to my house so <laughs> I had to then go and build another house but now with my second house I've put like you know, big pylons with, with torches on top so I've got a bit of a beacon so I know where to go and I've started like building myself little cobblestone so other house is still it. there yeah probably so you, you may find it surprisingly though I built this house and I also had another sort of area I'd set up as a mine where I'd got torches so I could see in the mine and I went for a wander and I got lost and then <laughs> It was a real sense of relief because I was wandering through the forest and in the dark and then I saw lights in the distance and I realised it was my coal mine and I was like, oh, that's my, my coal mine. Well, I know real the relief. Xbox version has an end, I think. Oh, does it? Oh, well, there's achievements. Yeah. So there's things to do and find and get, get to an end point, I guess, as far as that goes. So that's why I don't know if it's a game or there are objectives or... Well, uh, no, it's open. Like, technically, Call of Duty is open. You know, there's no end yeah, point if you're just playing story, games. No, well, no, but the online player there's no story it's just you versus another True. and you just keep playing that thing where this i guess you keep playing like lego is a game yeah that you play but it, there's no winner yeah <laughs> you tell that to, to, to two kids when they try and play lego and there's definitely a winner and a loser. <laughs> okay, but no if i was going to compare it to anything i would say it's probably the sims mm-hmm. and i know you've never really played the sims never sims 1 and sims 2 i've sunk a lot of time into and it is that sort of thing it's like you're taking over someone's life there's no real goal you just mine find good stuff I don't get sims so you yeah. go, get home from work to take over a character and make them go to work yeah. yeah and you neglect your real friends because you're busy making your sims talk to their friends and not lose their friendships Ridiculous. But, yeah. but as I said yeah, I've put in quite a bit of time into my little town or my little world just mm-hmm. me and I've gone into my son's world and helped him mine and built him a house and stuff so he's happy now and he can just wander random around and dig up stuff yeah I, I had a play with it because my nephews said oh get on with your iPad you can join in with us and they went to bed took their iPads with them and were watching me play I was still in the lounge playing while yeah. they were in there and I'm trying to do it I built stuff and I'm trying to plant flowers and all this sort of stuff and their mum went in to check and they came back out saying they wanted me to tell you that you can't plant flowers in rock so they were watching me <laughs> be bad at it and knowing exactly what I was trying to do by me not knowing but um yeah I think they still play. They're really into it still. Uh, yeah, it wasn't enough for me to go, yeah, I want to keep doing this. I need that sort of agenda or at least end point, I think. It's a real time sink too, though, because I started playing and it was one of those, you know, Saturday night, my wife had gone to bed and I was like, oh, I'll just 
have a quick go at this before I come to bed. Next thing I know, it was like two in the morning. So you're recreating your town you grew up in Wales or something? I mean, yeah, two houses models. and no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that, that, that's my gaming, and I think that's probably going to keep me occupied for a little so while. So next month, we'll talk about your adventures in Minecraft again. Yeah, exactly. Probably. Mm-hmm. It'll be the Minecraft cast. Well, yes. speaking of games, though, you did kind of mention that you were almost going to crack and reload Candy Crush. Almost still haven't. Still haven't. Well, but you, as you walked in, I was trying a new game, which was a match three something. So no, it wasn't Candy Crush, but I was looking at something else. I, I, I am jonesing for a new game, but I'm I'm holding off. Still, right. none yet. All right, so let's right. move on. So we had an excursion, which we, we haven't done for ages. And guess where it was at? Not the Aster. No. No. We actually went to the theatre, the not theater. just going to a theatre. We actually went and saw a a live show. Yeah, The King and I in Melbourne with Australia's Lisa McCume. And my wife absolutely adores the movie with Yul Brynner. And we were discussing it. And it was Jason Scott Lee was in the role of the King King. of Siam, which everyone knows him from that classic movie, The Soldier. Rapa Nui. (laughs) Was he a rapper? No, he was. Okay, I was thinking The Soldier, which is a pseudo-sequel to Blade Runner. Okay. Or linked into that universe. Anyway, it's terrible. But, you know, obviously known for Dragon the Bruce Lee story, which is yeah. a fantastic movie if you haven't already seen it. Yeah, he was in the cast, and I really wasn't that interested. Sally, I thought, might be interested, but Lisa McCune sort of put her off. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. And then, unfortunately for Jason, is he snapped his Achilles or something? Yeah, just he had a severe the, the leg foot leg injury. injury. Yeah, so not not good. Whatever it was, it was yeah, not cool. So they went and put the call out for a replacement person, and Lou Diamond Phillips played the role, won a Tony for it. So they got Lou Diamond in, and I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. So we were yeah, discussing he actually, it. Actually, he did it on Broadway. Mm. So well, that's why I said he won the Tony for it. No, I didn't realize. You, I don't know about Tonys. You can win a Tony for other productions other than Broadway, can no. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of awards, the yeah. the Melbourne production actually just won a Helpman Award for Best Musical. What's a Helpman? It's the, I know American awards. I don't know It's the Australian Theatre. No, fair enough. Lisa McCoon didn't win Best Actress, mm-hmm. but yeah, The King and I itself won Best Musical and Best Costume and Best Stage Design. Wow. I think it was. So yeah, and you can really see why the costumes were awesome. The staging was just phenomenal. And Lou Diamond Phillips, even though he didn't have the best singing voice, he just had just charisma it was, it was oozing Lou, out it of was him. It was Lou. He could have done anything. Yeah. I was just, we went there to see that because we were talking about, oh, he's replaced it. Then your wife's like, ah, oh, I really like that. We should go. And then I was like, well, Sally be keen. So, the, so yeah. we texted around and my sister and we all got involved. And that night I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I had the outing and it was very good. And in front of me was Matthew and Stephen Phoebe, twin football players who used to play in Melbourne back in the 90s and 2000s. So that was kind of exciting. <laughs> but anyway, it was a great show like it was fun just to see him and he was having so so much fun up there yep. he looked like he was enjoying himself and yeah and I'm so- not a, a really big Lisa McCoon fan but she was serviceable yeah I thought she was actually really good she didn't lose her accent at all she was that prim and proper She's English sort of well she is yeah mm. and reading the King and I website afterwards she's actually done bucket loads of musical theatre Yes. So it explains why she was good at it. But no, I really enjoyed it. It was not quite as pricey as I thought it would be. It was only like just over $100 a ticket for the tickets we got. And we still had decent seats. We were sort of halfway back. Yeah, well, I mean, small theatre. Yeah. Small, well, it's a big theatre for Melbourne, but yeah, it's not you're not far good. out, no. Yeah. Going for big theatre, little script. Yeah. So let's move on to TV. You've been watching a fair bit of stuff by the look of it. I have. And it's probably about time because you and the whole world has been raving on about how good Sherlock was. Yep. I'd watched the first episode of the first season a little while ago. And for some reason, I don't know why I didn't go back to it. And my wife... be angry at something. Probably. 
And my wife had decided that she wanted to watch the third season, but she wasn't going to watch it until I'd caught up and then we could watch it together. So eventually we decided we were going to sit down and just watch it all. So over the course of, again, probably over about a week, we actually sat down and watched three took seasons us, of Sherlock. took us three years to do that. I know. And you do it in a week. And when you say that you watch three series of Sherlock, it's only nine episodes. Nine episodes. But that took three years. That's true. Yes. But I don't know why I didn't watch it earlier. I loved it. I thought initially I didn't like Cumberbatch, mm. but then by the end of it, I was just like, this guy's just amazing. Yep. And Martin Freeman as John Watson was really good. They had a great chemistry with each other. Lucy Lou's got better legs. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't bothered jumping into uh, elementary yet. I mean, it's not as good a Sherlock story, but I love the Watson-Holmes dynamic in elementary. It's yeah. a very different show. I but like anything Holmes. I really like the whole are they gay sort of thing that they've got going on in Sherlock. Though. But no, I'm, I'm really glad that I did that. Mm-hmm. And after that, I've then started a couple of new shows or newish shows. They've just started a new channel on Foxtel here in Australia called BBC First. And they've been showing an English co-production with BBC England and BBC America called Musketeers which is based on the whole Alexander Dumas Three Musketeers Mm -hmm. which the only reference to that I knew was the cartoon that used to be on Banana Split show when I was a kid D'Artagnan or something yeah yeah, D'Artagnan no not not the dog one just the cartoon one but it's good obviously if you're you're used to watching like HBO shows on Game of Thrones stuff like that there is a little bit of titillation but then they don't show anything it's like you can tell it's made for network television and there's no swearing because it's a bit more yep. accurate, I guess, historically accurate. But yeah, we've watched a couple of episodes of that and I quite enjoy that. And another new show that I really do enjoy that I've been watching is Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge. Because Which is Wipeout with Austin, yeah? Yeah, it's it's a knockout. <laughs> it's just a bunch of meathead dudes or meathead women doing strength challenges to get to an obstacle course at the end and then they have to try and beat the obstacle course and if they do they can win money and then if someone wins they kind of set a benchmark time and then anyone else has to not only complete the obstacle course they have to do it in less time than the other person otherwise their money goes to the original winner which is kind of a bit harsh yeah very harsh there was one of the women's where she was like 20 seconds off the pace and she didn't get her money spoilers but yeah, yeah I don't like that it's good because it's basically just yeah meathead people being meatheads is Austin his... as fun as he was when he was in Tough Enough not quite no he's still very much Steve Austin and he uses all of his expressions that he does like when they're running a bit slow on the obstacle course he tells them to stop lollygagging <laughs> it's just him yelling redneck comments at them while they do their stuff mm-hmm. it's enjoyable it's only a half hour show or 40 minute show so it's watchable and surprisingly I watched a couple of episodes and quite enjoyed it and then my wife sort of came in and went what's this shit you're watching sort of thing and then by the end of the second episode she was hooked as well I think she likes the women's ones more than the men because the women are just really bitchy to each other whereas the men are kind of like competitive but they're all like yeah you can do it man and all this stuff but the women are like you know I'm gonna kick your teeth in almost yes and one other thing I have started watching and also because it was on on demand and Foxtel is Orange is the New Black which again is something that everyone says yeah you gotta watch this it's the next big thing and is it so far I've only watched one episode but we were hooked enough to want to go and get the rest of the season but we were stupid We, we downloaded it on Fox Cell On Demand and at that stage we could have downloaded the whole first season in one chunk but we were like no let's just get the first one and if it's good we'll get the rest and then obviously they've had a change of the scheduling and we went back to download it again and it's not on Foxtel On Demand anymore. So we had to go and download it illegally. Netflix, it's all on Netflix. Well, we had to go and download it illegally. Well, it is a Netflix original. Yes. So yes. But oh yeah, I recommend that. Okay. And actually it was quite funny because Jason Biggs is kind of a side character in it. 
from American Pie. Mm-hmm. And he actually made a, a bit of an American Pie reference because when he found out that his girlfriend, fiance, is going to go to prison for these crimes that she committed back in her past, he makes reference to the fact that he told her everything about his past, including the webcam incident and the penis shaving. And I thought, that's American Pie reference. So is it a comedy or dramedy? It's a dramedy. It's a drama with it's comedic comedy. bits. Okay. Yeah. And Captain Janeway from Star Trek is a, <laughs> an almost unrecognisable the amount of weight she's put on. Oh, okay. Yes. Fair enough. But yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that, and I think we're going to keep going with that. Cool. Well, I haven't been watching much, but when my son was born, it was five months ago, actually, now, but we started watching How I Met Your Mother. We were trying to catch up on How I Met Your Mother. We had seasons backlogged while early days of breastfeeding, because I was helping breastfeed. Not physically helping, but as a dad with nothing else to do, trying to help you go, I'll get up with you and breastfeed with you. So we generally felt that 22 minutes was a good time, so we'd, we worked through How I Met Your Mother, and we stopped for ages. So we actually went on a kick and finish the bastard off and it's done done it's done and fuck that's a good show like it's just clever like there's some really smart writing involved and some of the conventions they use is really good because it's all told by an unreliable narrator which I love that if done well and the last season 24 episodes takes place over 3 days it's actually a wedding well there's some episodes there where they flash right back to something else or there's another one that flashes forward but essentially it takes place there's 22 episodes take place over a 3 day period so it's the longest wedding ever but yeah it's kind of funky that they've done this they built up to this point and it all pays off and I think it, it paid off quite well I was quite happy with it. yeah it's kind of funny that it's gone like mm. it's like oh it was always something that we had and it was always there but now it's like gone but there's plenty of other shows it's not like I'm missing it but Barney was a great character which is Neil Patrick Harris's character yeah. I've only seen like briefly little bits of it and I remember one of the scenes that I did see was uh, Neil Patrick Harris trying to pick up women in a bar well, that's pretty much every episode oh is it yeah, okay yes, yes. <laughs> but I thought that was yeah. the highlight of the show so obviously I'm not wrong yeah no it's cool yeah. so well, that's cool and I haven't really been watching it but with Netflix as I said before I get home from work and the wife has got basically Netflix running and she puts on stuff that she doesn't need to watch so it's just on as she's doing other things so I sort of caught a lot of House and Haven just two shows maybe she got to H on Netflix I don't know but yeah sort of like they interested me enough that if an episode was playing I sort of got stuck into watching it I mean I should like House because it's essentially medical Sherlock Holmes and I do get into it even though it's sort of frustrating elements but it's like oh but what what happened and then sometimes I got to go to the other shop or something it's like did they find out at the last minute what did he figure out you know it's really well written really well acted the first couple of seasons of House I really got into and then I kind of fell off it later on when he sacked his team and he hired a new team. I just didn't like the whole... You didn't like 13? No. Was that Olivia Wilde? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. And the guy from Harold and Kumar. Yeah. He died. Spoilers. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I did like it for a while. Was he murdered? Was he? I don't know. I didn't watch him. (laughs) And Haven, I did try when it first started, because it's on the sci-fi channel on Foxtel, and I just kind of found it a bit too much poor man Stephen King, and then you said it is actually based on the Stephen King novel or novella or something. it's based on something of his, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, I don't think it was for me. Well, I mean, I sort of, what I watched just sort of piqued my interest to go, what's that about? Why are they doing this? Because, oh, that's this person. He's, he's got this power. And it's got a wrestler in it. I couldn't pick it. It's actually got Edge, if anyone yeah, knows the WWE. In the second season. Yeah, it's like, oh, I know the look of that face. Who is it? Who is it? And yeah, it was, he's cut his hair off and all this. It's like, ah, oh, it's, it's Edge. Adam Copeland or whatever. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, it's. 
There you go. That's my TV watching. Well, speaking of wrestlers as actors. Yes. And excursions. We'll jump into our next little excursion. Yes. And we went and saw the new Hercules movie with, with Dwayne Johnson. No we, he... no, we went with Joel, friend of the show, oh, Joel. Right, Dwayne's in the movie. All right, then. We did, we didn't is, go with is he Dwayne Johnson or is he The Rock in this movie? He's Dwayne Johnson. But he's very much The Rock, isn't he? Yeah. It, it's not like Empire State where he was Dwayne Johnson and he did nothing rock-like in the whole movie. Empire State? Oh, it was a terrible film. Oh. About a bank robbery in the 70s. Okay, no. Never no. saw it. I did talk about it on another episode, but it's... Obviously that good. It's, yeah, forgettable. <laughs> anyway, but yes, Dwayne Johnson, Rufus Sewell, John Hurt. Ian McShane. Not saying cocksucker. No. Mm. Really good. If you're looking for... It's a fun adventure film. A fun film adventure that's film. in and out yes. in 90 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. It's not something that's going to win Oscars. Nope. Might win some Razzies, maybe. I don't know. No, I think so. Like, effects, it's, it's, it's safe. The effects were pretty good. There yeah. was one bit at the start where the effects were just really bad. Oh, and we terrible. Like, oh, is this movie going to suck? And then... But it, I think it was on yeah. purpose. I, like, I, I don't want to go too much into plot in case you see it, but it plays up the mystical elements of Hercules, the, the, the legend of Hercules. It turns it a bit on its ear later on, so I don't know if it was deliberate that some of these CG things at the start just looked... A bit shit, and then nothing looked that shit again. Yeah. Well, that bit in the start is from the original Greek mythology. No, I mean, that's all there. Yeah. I mean, that's all based on that. But yeah, I just wondered if they're going to use, if they were using the mythology, making it look a little bit fake. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It was fun. Like, it, it it, it's it's closer to your 300 sort of feel without the boobs. I mean, it had the really cool fighting. Like, it, it was funky. I really don't. The, the fight scenes did look like practical effects. They didn't look mm. too CG. It looked like they had a lot of extras yeah. just running around with swords and sandals. And The Rock was huge. He was. He was massive, wasn't he? <laughs> And charismatic, as The Rock does. Like, I think the problem with The Rock, the rock early, he was trying to show he could act. And, yes, and he tried to put the, the... Oh, sorry. Dwayne wanted to show that he could act and leave that rock persona away. And people have worked out what to do with him now. It's similar like to Arnie, you know. Yeah. Early Arnie roles, if you watch things like The Name Mansfield Story, I think it is, or Cactus Jack. <laughs> you know, it's not until Terminator they go, okay, what do we do with this guy and how do we do it? Yeah. Terminator, oh, all right, he's a machine. So I think The Rock's getting the roles and they nailed it in Fast Five, as we talk about yeah. it Exactly. So this is sort of nailing it again. This is what you want. It's Conan. You know, this is Arnie's. Yeah. This is The Rock's Conan. Speaking of Arnie, it looks like you've seen, gone and rewatched Arnie again. <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife and I were away for a couple of days over the weekend, mm. and the place we were staying in only had free-to-air telly. Oh, God. How'd but you luckily, they did have broadband internet, and through the Foxtel Go app, we managed to watch a couple of movies, and I'm shilling Foxtel a fair bit this month. But the Foxtel Go app was a little bit shit when it first started, but they've done a few other upgrades on it now and it's a lot more stable it used to be that it crashed sort of halfway through your movie and you'd have to restart and try and fast forward to where you were but it now remembers where you are and doesn't crash so it's good but we were going through the list of films that they had on there and we actually decided that we would have a look at the last stand because mm-hmm. my wife hadn't seen that and i had and i was like yeah this is actually pretty good so we watched that and she enjoyed that for the, the fluff that it was and then the second night we decided to watch olympus has fallen is it the good one or the bad one of the i don't know i haven't seen the other one but that and and White House Down came out pretty much the same time. Is this Channing Tatum or the... No, this is the Jared Butler one. Jared Butler one, okay. And Morgan Freeman and... I think that's meant to be the shit one, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd go that. <laughs> <laughs> it was forgettable. I kind of fell asleep at one stage, and then when I woke up, I'm like, hang on, how did he rescue the president? <laughs> you don't care. Yeah, but it was 
just gratuitous in some scenes. The body count was massive. Like the terrorists come in and just kill indiscriminately, and there's just dead well, bodies. I'm giving on the you street. a challenge to watch White House Down by next okay. month, and then you can compare right, the two. Can compare the and two. Then I don't have to see either of them. Jared Butler was kind of good. Mm. He had an American accent, which was a little off-putting, and he didn't kick anyone into a pit and, <gasps> and yell out, "This, this is, is the White House." Yeah. And actually, there was a guy that was from Boston Legal. I think his name was. Dylan McDermott, Dylan Mulrooney, something like that. He was one of the bad guys that was actually an ex-Secret Service guy that turned. Half spoilers. Well, the reason he gives for turning on his country was just really shit. It was like, yeah, you wouldn't turn on your whole country just for that personal reasons. But He might. Well, you yeah. don't know. But yeah, it was pure lots of guns, lots of blood, strange sort of plot twists involving the White House and mm-hmm. the actual you know, architecture of the White House. Not the Masons. Uh, I don't know. They didn't mention Masons. It was Uh, all about Truman building tunnels and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably a Mason. Maybe. I wouldn't recommend it, but it was, yeah, it was an hour and 40 minutes of lighthearted killing. (laughs) Fair enough. But yes, the other movie that we have both seen this month, Uh and actually a new release at the cinema. Is the movie everyone's seen. (laughs) Yeah. And the movie that everyone should see because it was actually awesome. Mm-hmm. And that would be Guardians of the Galaxy. Speaking of wrestlers being actors. Yep. I didn't know a lot going into this. Don't I, need to. I never read the comic. And you're right, you don't need to. They kind of set There's it up properly minutes, in the movie. You know everybody. They, yeah, exactly. The soundtrack was awesome. The effects were awesome. And people laughed at me when I said I liked the soft rock collection from Time Life <laughs> magazine. Now it is the coolest thing ever that is a Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Awesome All those mix. songs were in my Time Life collection. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought the effects were so well done. The characters were just so well fleshed it's out funny. and the fact that the main comedy element of the movie was a CGI tree man and a little raccoon that's not that's not the main comedy element well, no, Star Wars yeah. 80s references are funny Batista has got some of the best lines not just in that movie just in most movies it's like yep. delivery is fantastic it's, it's, it's fun it was it and was a lot of fun I mean I was excited about this not because I mean yes I'm a comic fan I knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were hadn't actually read anything about them so like they were a different team in the 90s Rocket Raccoon's been around since like 74 Star Lord's been around since the 70s Group was around since the 60s he was a villain in a, one of the early Thor books you know okay. so Drax and Gamora have been around since the uh, 60s so Abnett and Lanning two writers put them together in a book in the Annihilation sort of storyline about 10, 15 years or yeah 10 years ago and he pulled them together in Guardians of the Galaxy sort of this new take on the book and so it's ver- that version of Guardians has been a version for, for a while yeah. and um, I knew about them I knew there was a Groot and a Rocket Raccoon I didn't know well, why that was I, so good I knew Rocket Raccoon because he's in one of the Marvel vs. Capcom games oh okay yeah I think it's Marvel vs. Capcom 3 or something. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom, one of those ones. Yeah. yeah. So it was all cool. Like, I mean, so I was excited. And then they said James Gunn's directing. And I'm a big fan of James Gunn. Like, yeah. I've been a fan of his since Tromeo and Juliet. He co-directed with Lloyd Kaufman. And I'm a big Troma fan. So he and Lloyd Kaufman, who was the co-president of Troma, they wrote a book, Everything I Learned About Filmmaking I Learned From The Toxic Avenger. And so I, I read that book. Thanks yep. to Cracker Jack, he put me onto that and then became a big fan of James Gunn. And then he ma- I discovered this movie called The Specials, which is a low-budget superhero film. And he actually wrote that. He didn't direct it, but he wrote it. And then it's like, I love this everything this James Gunn does. Yep. So he, he wrote a novel to- called The Toy Collector, which is right up my alley as far as titles go. The story's not really about toys. It's much more about <laughs> a drug addict orderly at a hospital. But still, it's fine. And then he also wrote The Dawn of the Dead remake by- that Zack Snyder directed. Yep. And he wrote and directed Slither, Super. So I was like, I really don't 
dug everything this guy did. So when he was on board, I was like, well, I know he loves comics. I know he loves the subject matter. This could be a fun yeah. movie. And it was. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not the best directed film as far as it's an auteur's director, but it's a Marvel film. You're not going to get, you're not going to get someone's full own Mitch picture in this. They're going to, it's yep. going to be a safe picture. And it's, as, it's phenomenal. Like for what they've made, they've established a tone. Like it's a Marvel film. Yes, but it, you wouldn't know about it. There are links in there to the other Marvel movies, but if you hadn't seen any others, it wouldn't matter. And they're very loose based <laughs> and they will come together later, but it's not important to see this movie to see the others. Well, yeah. It kind of ties in with the whole infinity stones and the yes. infinity gauntlet. Well, Thanos. Of, yeah. Yes. In Thanos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just so much fun. I mean, all the characters are great. Like everyone gets their moment to shine. Even Ronan's pretty cool as a bad guy. Yeah. Like he doesn't get a lot to do, to be honest, but it's definitely interesting when he is on screen. That's for sure. Yeah. But Groot is, um, yeah, the amount of so emotion that they managed to do in a CGI living tree that only can say three words. Beautiful. Yeah. Well done. Vin Diesel, that's all you should do. Just exactly. three word words. Movies. The only thing, if if I was going to have one complaint about it, it was that I thought Chris Pratt was a little bit too Jack Black. Mm. I, I can see that. But yeah. I, but I, I really don't know enough of Chris Pratt to know if that is just him or whether I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't say. Like, yeah, yeah I, I can I can see what you're saying, but I, I dug it. I, I didn't, yeah, I've, I've never watched Parks and Rec, so I don't really know him. I've seen the first step and he just sits on a couch and be and slovenly. So the I only thing know. I know about him is he's Emmett in the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. So he's got two fairly big blockbusters. Well, he's under the his lead in year. Jurassic Park 4, okay. which is coming, or Jurassic World or whatever. So I think he's the next it thing. So if you've got Hollywood stock exchange money invested in him, you're going to be that still cracking it. Apparently it is. Like I did it years, years ago. Because ago, yeah. uh, I went looking to see if my account still existed and I didn't because I wanted to see, because I invested in The Rock yeah, me and, too. and Hugh Jackman before okay. he got Wolverine. I can't remember who. I definitely had The Rock and I had someone stupid. It was like Exhibit or something. <laughs> <laughs> I had money. <laughs> Yeah. All righty. Well, that's current movies. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just jump into our topic here and talk about some older movies that we've recently watched. And How did it get started again? Oh, well, we were listening we'll, to Bad we'll Movie Fiends. We'll tie it back into our, our favourite podcast, The Bad Movie Fiends. Yep. They listened to, well, they watched... You Can't Stop the Music. No, it's just Can't Stop the Music. There's oh. no you. Oh, really? The sort of semi-autobiographical Village People movie. The origin movie of the Village People. Yeah. And listening to that podcast, I was like, I so want to watch Can't Stop the Music again. And I texted you and I was like, I really want to watch Can't Stop the Music. Is that wrong? And you were like, no, let's do it, sort of thing. And in watching Can't Stop the Music, we decided that we should... We were reading the trivia as we do when we watch films. Yeah, because you can't just watch a movie at home without having your iPad in front of you and looking at stuff. And just the trivia sort of linked off to mentioning other disco movies of the time and in relation to other films. So we've sort of were discussing disco movies for some reason. So, and we thought, Yeah, so our topic this month is disco movies. So... We had a list of five. I managed to watch all five of them, but you missed out on, on one, unfortunately. Mm. And when we get to that, I think that's probably the best one, which uh, you probably. probably missed. I think It's an obscure film that no one's ever heard exactly. of, so we'll find. I think right. our choices were a little bit off the mark. Cause well, we went on IMDb. And they not many about, of them were disco movies. Well, we started off with Your Cast of the Music, which is 1980. Yep. And I guess it's disco. Well, like, the village people is disco. Yeah. And it is their origin story, and it's them performing in discos and going to discos. Mm-hmm. So but there is that disco If element. anything out of this movie, or I've learnt, is that I want to be as happy as Steve <laughs> Gutenberg is at anything. Like, if I'm happy in life, as Steve Gutenberg is happy in this movie, I've won at life. Roller skating through the streets of New York, listening to his portable radio, because yep. he didn't even have headphones. He just no. had his radio on his shoulder. But he was the happiest person in New York, and it's like, well, you can't hate him for that. He was so happy. happy he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, um, in the speaking, true sense of the word. Speaking of gay, we actually asked who was gay in the village people, assuming everyone. Yeah. Because it's. I remember watching this on video a couple of years back when I was still living with my folks, coming out to my mum going... You came out to your mum? Yeah. <laughs> I went out to mum and said, <laughs> how did you not know they were gay? It's like, well, you didn't have a clue. And you're watching but this movie going, it's just... I saw it this seems movie so in the cinema obvious. in 1980. And it was a big thing. It was like a family movie to mm. take your kids to. Even though they had Wang and boobs in it. But <laughs> 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 um, the YMCA scene, there's Wang and boobs. Yes. You said we Googled yep. the who was gay and who wasn't, and we're trusting Wikipedia on this or a lot of non-reliable sources, and then not everyone was. Yeah, I think it was two out of the five, two out of the six. How many? <laughs> yes, but one of them said the Leatherman wasn't gay, so that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't know, but it was... Luck to it was whether they were gay yeah, or whether it was they were just not. That it's like, yeah. well, from what I gather, it's that they are an icon of gay culture. Yeah, and it was obvious to people who knew what Greenwich meant, but in the suburbs of Victoria, Australia, like Greenwich is, yeah. a, you know, you know what nothing. I find really annoying. Or though, the village. Looking, sorry, looking at the the trivia and the the comments now, how they refer to him as being the Native American of the village people. <laughs> he wasn't the Native American. He was the Indian he from was, the village people. To me, he's still the Indian. Yeah, exactly. He's got that annoying. <laughs> Well, from that, we jumped into... Well, this is where we read what the other disco movies was. And there was a mention of, thank God it's Friday. Yeah. Which is like, okay. Don't know. I never heard of it before. Like a lot of the other disco movies I've, I've heard mentioned. Yep. But this one, I was like, never heard of it. But we, we tracked it down. Yes. And we watched it. Well, and going it through the, the cast list, <laughs> it had Jeff Goldblum as the sleazy nightclub owner. And it was basically an ensemble cast of... Nobody's. Yeah, nobody's well, people. Well, to, to us, are nobody's. People going to a disco on one Friday night just to have a bit of fun and the story's kind of intertwined and from that there was Donna Summer was playing this sort of aspiring disco singer that tried to break into the DJ booth and sing her own song they had Lionel Richie and the Commodores playing a live set and getting there with no instruments and having what's his name Otis Yep. drive the van with all the instruments getting pulled over by the police and having to play the instruments to prove that he hadn't stolen them. That was my favourite bit of the movie. All right, so that's essentially the movie. It's like those done-in-one films where it's 200 cigarettes, I assume. Yeah. Was that the, where it's a party? Yeah. Yeah. So it's that movie where it takes place over one night and you've got all different characters co-mingle or intersect or don't or one story plays out over the night and those sort of things. And it was okay, but it was um, a different time and a different place. So I've, I found I lost interest in it very of, quickly. Well, not very quickly. In probably about the first five, five <laughs> you did. probably about the first half an hour, I was quite riveted to it. I was mm. enjoying it. I was liking the fashions and the, yep. the cars and stuff. And then you really, there was no likable characters. Nope. And by other than Otis, I guess he was the only. Well, that's the thing. Like you had a couple that were sort of on an anniversary, but they're in a bit of a seven, not a seven year age, but they were yeah, well, a they, bit of a lull. So they, they go, were, let's go to that new disco. So they go check that out. You got the these underage girls who wanted to party and so they snuck in yep. you had the leather man no he's not a leather man but the cowboy yeah he was like the, the cowboy drug smoker that was just yeah he just wore like this beige leather outfit with a cowboy hat and danced that was his thing yep. then you had the two Jewish kids who got in there to meet girls and yeah and they had like the, the Brooklyn Italian guy even though it was set in Los Angeles mm. 
that was like set up on a blind date with the girl that he was meant to be meeting at this disco, and then yeah, when he met her, she tall. was like too tall for him and too well educated. And- so, so it, and they all just sort of none of the stories really went anywhere. The only and you had the DJ who promised he was doing a live broadcast with the radio or something, and the Commodores were meant to be playing at the yeah. club, and that was going to be broadcast. So he, the, the radio station was getting all angry at him. It's like they'll be here, it's fine. And then they found out that wrong way Floyd that was played by Otis Day he was driving them and they go what do you mean you got Floyd to drive so he had all the gear so the band turns up so there's like Lionel Richie and the rest of the communards and communards 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 Jimmy Somerville yeah and and it was just like everything was playing out and just got Floyd trying to read this map and getting lost and they're going oh so he's all distraught and the cops keep pulling him over because a bit like Ferguson at the moment there was a bit of racial profiling going on the cops kept pulling him over and he's like pulling all the equipment out to show there were no drugs there so he's got all this musical equipment and they go trust me I didn't steal it and so he's there playing all the instruments for the cops and it got to one point where this is my favourite bit of the whole show and uh, where he's just doing a jam session on the drums and he's got an audience of the cops and they're all applauding at the end because it's just like he's gone nuts and it's just like that was it and yeah so he has to load the car up they let him go and then like the next time you see him the cops pull him over again and he's got to basically he doesn't do another concert but you see him take everything out of the van again needless to say all the people you're meant to like sort of find love or find happiness and do their thing Floyd makes it in time and the Commodores pay and Donna Summers Donna Summers is an arrogant bitch who forces herself in a situation and people like her Hmm. So that was a bit of a bad start. I don't call Can't Stop the Music as a start. That was yeah. sort of the impetus where this was the start of the challenge. And yeah, it wasn't that fun. So what was that? 1976? 78. 78. Well, also in the 70s, we've got the next one we watched, which was The Wiz. Which was mentioned in the trivia when looking up these other films. They were talking about The Wiz as... As being the disco musical. And but guess what? It's a musical. There's no disco. No fucking disco whatsoever. I and it was based on a musical theatre. like From play. the early 70s. Yeah. I think the only thing you could link it to being disco is the fact that Diana Ross and Michael Jackson are in the movie. And they're not disco. No. There was a couple of scenes where the music got a little bit funky. Yeah, because... But it uh, wasn't disco. Quincy Jones did yeah. some of the original music like yeah. they 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 bought the rights to this the stage show called the Wiz, which is a african-american retelling of the wizard of oz is it yeah <laughs> and yeah so um quincy jones basically added a few more numbers yeah. to it and they're probably the most disco of the lot but it's definitely not a disco movie at all like the musical is it's quite classic not classical music but it's it's a traditional it is a traditional, traditional musical. musical yeah and it's funny because i remember seeing this as a kid i'm sure it was on tv like you know, one yeah, sunday I've... afternoon or something and i remember the is on down the road song when they're walking that. down that's, the yellow brick that's road that's all i remember from it and i remember that being quite good mm-hmm. and then going back and watching this movie now it's a lot of poo. And it's a very long movie. <laughs> long shit. It was almost two hours, wasn't it? Uh, it felt longer. <laughs> I think it was like a... Yeah. It just felt longer than it needed to be. Yeah, hour and... How between hour and 34 and hour and 20. 128 minutes, 128. Yeah. Just saying, cut all that. Yeah, it's over it, two it hours long. long. It was a long movie. Yeah, very long. Some of the characters were kind of good, but like, yeah, Michael Jackson kind of just shit me by the end of it. Well, I mean, he, he was the scarecrow. Mm. I, he didn't worry me. Diana Ross, I thought, was terrible. Which she was Diana Ross? She was skeletal. Donna Summer. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, I read up the trivia on this, and the stage show, they whoever bought the rights to it said, yeah, we want to make the stage show in, and they were going to get the lead actress from the stage show to play Dorothy. Now, Diana Ross got involved, and she said, I can get you Michael Jackson, but I want a star. So, obviously, Michael coming off Jackson 5 at the time, 
yep. big, big star. They went with that. So instead of a 14-year-old girl, which I'm assuming the girl who played it on stage years earlier was still not 14, but yep. obviously was younger. It was closer to it. She didn't get the Guernsey, so they recast or rewrote the character as a 24-year-old kindergarten teacher, which... She was playing... She was actually 33 at the time. She now, about 63. And this is the thing. Now, we're both over 33 now. Yeah. I know I look what I look. But I look at a photo of her and it's like, you look like my grandmother. Seriously, she looks like my grandmother. <laughs> I, I showed my sister and my wife this and said, does that look like grandma to you? And I mean, she did have a short haircut, which did not help her in any way. And she was ridiculously skinny, which didn't help her in any way. But she looked older than 33. But anyway. But she was terrible. Like, she's not an actress. Even her singing was bad, though. No, she's a pop singer. She's not a yeah, theatrical singer i'm not yeah. sure she's not an actress but i thought she was weak personally yeah. early on i hated the start of it it really just set a terrible tone now i know that i love the wizard of oz the original and it's, yep. it's not a happy film at the start when it's black and white and everything but this one was done deliberately and i think i was making comments at the time is very beige like at the start <laughs> well i know the original wizard of oz was black and white yep. and it goes into color so maybe that was a very deliberate thing like everything was brown it was the 70s Chances are it was, but it was a very beige film until she turns up to Oz. And it follows the same plot. She meets a scarecrow, she meets the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion, they go to Oz and all this sort of stuff. And that Michael Jackson plays the scarecrow. Yep. And you got crows tormenting him, which I think happens in, that happens in, I think, the original as well. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then Nipsey Russell plays the Tin Man, and the the, the effects on him, the makeup is fantastic. Now, it was yeah. all done by Rick Baker, who did American Wealth in London. So oh, okay. When I looked up that song, that makes sense because it's a really yep. good Tin Man outfit. Well, the Tin Man, I think was the best character. He was good, yeah. Uh, the the lion's makeup was really well done as well. Which was Ted, Ted Ross. Ross, which I couldn't tell you anything else he'd been. Yeah, Nipsey Russell, the name sounded familiar to me, but and then when I looked him up on IMDb... I was, he's been in plenty of things. I know him as the principal of the school that Goldie Horn goes to in Wildcats. That's okay. what I know him mainly as, yep. but yeah. The, probably the next big cast member would be Richard Pryor, who plays the Wizard of Oz at the end. Production-wise, it looks amazing. This yep. movie look great with matte paintings and big stage sound stages yep. and setups it it looked great it was just yeah, long massive dance numbers stuff like that it just every song I thought could have been half as long as it was it just yep. and, I mean that's, that's the thing with musical theatre I guess because I mean I was went to the King and I thinking oh he's going to be full of theatre knobs <laughs> but no it, it, the King and I was really good like it, it just was paced so much better where this just felt bloated and yeah. I guess and that's, by the end of it we were both looking up other alternatives of musicals we could look at <laughs> and it got to a point where afterwards, instead of like being broken for musical theatre, we actually went looking and we're watching Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar. So watch for that in a, in a nearby episode coming yes. to you soon. We're going to be looking at uh, musical theatre from the 70s. But the thing that surprised me was um, Sidney Lumet directed it. So, you know, he's a very good director and very white director as well. So yeah. I'm surprised it was such a, I suppose, 78, there weren't that many black directors around to direct this. But it doesn't talk to me in the way it probably did to black people in 1978. Yeah. I guess it, it had very much an art target audience, but it just didn't quite do it for me. I had fond memories of it early, yeah. but it it, it, didn't, it definitely didn't hold up. Didn't hold up. Well, the link to the next one, I guess, would be Richard Pryor and... Richard Pryor being one of the biggest stars of the 70s, he was one of the characters in our next film, which was Car Wash. And Car Wash, on the poster, it's even billed as being the first ever disco film. Yeah. And again, it was not really based around a disco. It was just a group of guys working in a car wash. And it had that whole, again, that ensemble sort of cast. It had... Oh, again, good. It took place in one day's work at yep. this hand car wash. Well, not hand car, but, but a, yeah. a car wash. So you had the boss, the secretary, all the workers, the prostitute that hangs around the bathroom of the thing. Yeah. 
George Carlin as a cab driver. Yep. And uh, I dug it for its concept. Again, it's dated, but... It was probably the movie I enjoyed most other than the nostalgia of Can't Stop the Music. Being the fact that I'd never seen this before, I kind of was intrigued by it. I was intrigued, and I mean, the song Car Wash we all know. So that's played about four times throughout. Yep. You know, there's a few montage sequences. And it it is directed by Joel Schumacher, the the brains behind Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. So, and Lost Boys. Yeah. Those sort of things. So it's like, okay, interesting choice again for directing... I don't know if it's. I can recommend it though. I enjoyed it, but I, I don't know if I'm never going to yeah. see it again. Like I, I, I'm glad I saw it. It was interesting, and it, it's a bunch of set pieces. It was like here's a set piece trying to be funny, but it wasn't hilarious. Yeah, I think the only bit that I really laughed a lot at was when they're, when they're in the diner and they were flicking those butter pads up onto. You're the You're laughing when the kids are up because you got issues. Well, yes, <laughs> that was pretty funny as well. Yeah, it, it oh, really that was, was a mum from from Jaws. Didn't pick her until I had to look at IMDb, but she she turned up. Well, that's the thing though. It's like pretty much. Everyone that's in this movie is somebody when you look at IMDb. Well, Floyd, my favourite one from Thank God It's Friday. Yeah. He turns up in this again. So he's... he's Lloyd. He's playing Lloyd. And what's his name? Franklin... Franklin AJ, which... The nigger general from Deadwood. Yep. And he's been on... I mean, Australian viewers of Good Newsweek would have seen him plenty of times. Yep. He's now that. a stand-up comic. Yeah. So. And ironically, in the movie, I just found him to be a lot like Dave Chappelle. I just found him, the character was just Dave Chappelle, and he had the best afro in the movie. Though. It's an amazing afro. And, of course, Bill Duke, for anyone who's seen Predator. He, and I think this was actually his first movie. He's very young in it. He's got some presence. Yeah, so essentially, that's that's the plot, is it's one day at this car wash. Yeah. There's all these different characters. There's the disco head, with like, which is Franklin Jay with a massive afro. you got Bill Duke playing a Farrakhan supporter. Yeah, don't, don't live up to your slave jobs and he'd changed his name from Dwayne to Abdullah and yeah. he was doing the whole yeah, and then you got you got a greaser and you got a and Native American as well. And so yeah. there was a bit where it did look like the village people turned up because they were in a jeep, and there was like a Native American, a black guy, and a, no, that was uh, and the guy with the feathers. And, yeah, yeah. So it was a bit crazy, strange. Really. And, and there was a. I'm assuming it was very much implied a Vietnam vet because there was a guy with the. Yeah, he was wearing like cams and cams and all this sort American of stuff. So being 1976, you know, it's still very much in that around. So it doesn't have to be explained to modern audiences then because it was just something. So. Yeah. It, it, it's a timepiece. It was quite good. And the fact that it was taking place in a day and you were just, you know, it was a character piece in that way. So, yeah. Almost like a stage show. You could almost turn that into one. Did they? I think they might have. Oh, it's got enough music around yeah. it. And I think it had the best end credit sequence that I've seen in a very long time. When they did the end credits, the, the whole premise of oh, Franklin right. Jay's character was he was trying to win a radio contest to get so tickets to So there's radio constantly band. being played. So there's yeah. music constantly through the, mo- and the movie. And yeah, a DJ sort of talking, going, oh, this is the, the brand new hit. And when mm. you hear this song, be the third caller and all this sort of stuff. And there was like an ongoing joke of every time that it was time to call, he'd try to go to the phone box and someone else would get to the phone box before him. But in the end credits, it was the same voiceover DJ guy playing the car wash song and just sort of narrating, announcing uh, and yeah narrating and narrating of, oh and this character was Bill played Duke by this, this guy yeah. And, yeah which I thought was really well done and yeah so it was it wasn't it didn't outstay its welcome and it was punchy enough and it kept moving enough and it, it was fun I, yeah. I don't have a problem with that I could recommend it to people it's, it's very much a 70s movie so yeah. the pacing is there but it wasn't a bad film by any stretch no uh, yeah exactly I, it was good and I'm glad we watched it mm-hmm. and that brings us to our last of that our disco to the end of the movie I've seen yes <laughs> and there's and this obscure little film called Saturday Night Fever which is apparently a disco film I, I don't know I, 
Yeah. Now, this is another movie that I remember seeing when I was younger. I think I've seen bits. Like, I've definitely, I've definitely seen bits. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. And I went back and watched it again, sort of probably about five, ten years ago. Mm. And I remember being quite surprised then, because I must have only ever seen it on TV. And then when I watched it on DVD and it was uncut with all the swearing well, and there's two versions, racial slurs and stuff, I think there is two versions. Yeah. And the version that I've actually gone back and watched now is obviously the uncut, let it rip version, because the language that they use wouldn't be something that I was expecting in a 70s movie. We're talking F-bomb. F-bomb, C-bomb. C-bomb. Really? Mm-hmm. N-word quite thrown around liberally. Oh, well, it was 1977. Yeah. It actually was a very racist movie at one stage, because they're a group of Italians going out, having fun, going to the disco on a Friday night. John Travolta's the main character, and basically he lives for his weekend, and the only time he feels like he's ever doing anything good is when he's on the dance floor. But there's an ongoing thing where Latinos are sort of muscling in on the Italians' area, and there's like a bit of a gang fight going on at one stage. You want to get killed with the trident? No. Oh. Not that sort of gang fight. But yeah, and then... They have a dancer? No, it's a full-on proper fight. And I'm like, well, I don't remember this bit. And then at the end, here we go with spoilers for this movie, that there's a, a Latino couple that's in the dance competition. And they sweep the leg. John Travolta basically feels that they get hardly done by because they are Latinos and they're in this Italian yeah. Italian club sort of thing. But it, interesting, It's like, it shows you a bit of his family dynamic of him working, coming home, his dad sort of having a go at him, sort of like, you know, he's spending all your money when going out dancing and buying flashy clothes and you should be saving for your future and his, his dad's recently out of out of work and that's that whole you know big italian family sitting mm-hmm. around eating and they haven't got enough food to have the big spread that they normally do other than john travolta most of the cast i didn't really know who they were fran drescher turns up at one stage and that was one of her very early roles but yeah it's it's all about the music all about the dancing the bgs did the soundtrack and awesome soundtrack Everyone, I'm sure, so knows. out of all the movies, that would be the best soundtrack. Yeah, I'm sure everyone knows "Staying Alive." There was just songs in it. I was like, "Oh yeah, I know this song. I know that song." Sort of thing. Even the songs that weren't by the Bee Gees were quite. But she's modern. more than a woman. It's funny. One of my friends when I was in high school used to think they used to say four letter woman." <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, "It's a four letter woman." <laughs> but anyway. Beth. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But no, I'm I'm spewing you didn't watch this actually. I will I will watch it. I have it there. I just haven't got around to it because I suck. Because for me, this was not, you know, the light fluffy filler movie like the rest of them. This was actually quite a serious film. And the dancing was just sort of the outlet that he had, but it was more about him coming of age and realising that, you know, there's more to life than what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And Are you, you know, gonna watch the sequel? I don't think so. No, from what I've heard, staying the alive for you. Yeah, no. from what I've heard, the sequel is not good. the The opening credit scenes with him and the paint, him carrying a can I've, of paint, I've and seen strutting across town yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was a superstar after that. I mean, was was he in? Was Welcome, Welcome Back, Back Cotter Cotter before was this? around? Yeah, and this came out, and he sort of cemented himself as a star. What year was Grace? Seventy eight, I think. So yeah, this so the year he did this, and then he did Grace. And then he went into obscurity for a while until Look Who's Talking. Yeah. And then Pulp Fiction brought him back with a whole dance competition and, yeah. Interesting man, John Travolta. He was a really good actor, I'd say. Like, the whole movie, he was just believable the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. He played an Italian who could dance. Yeah, exactly. Which is John Travolta. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was the the role he was born to play. Not Vinnie Barbarino. No. Well, I I see it as the same character. It kind of is. Mm, Just a bit more comedic in one. Yeah. But can he dance? Oh, he can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was interesting because the dancing in the nightclubs in the 70s was very much like old style dancing. It was you found a partner and you danced with that girl sort of thing mm-hmm. rather than you just went there and jumped around and waved your arms around. Like, <laughs> I'm so good at to leave the dance floor because you were <laughs> <Exactly>. tired. <laughs> 
Anyway, that, that was disco movies. Of the five that we watched, I'd say probably two and a half of them were disco films. Well, maybe three. Thank God it's Friday was set in a disco. And you didn't get to Xanadu, which you didn't want to do. Well, that was an 80s film, so... It's still disco. It is. Yeah. Maybe we should have watched disco. We can still do it. We can do disco too. We can. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. And we can go into the, the break dancing rap. movies. Yes. yes. That, that's for a future films. episode. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of dance films, we were going to watch Step Up when we went away, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. And we had it on a memory stick ready Which to go. Step? The first one. The first one. Oh. And yeah, we were going to watch that. But then when we went away, we realized that the TV that was in the, the place we stayed at didn't have any inputs, so we couldn't watch it. Mm-hmm. Which okay. is a bit of a mm. So yes, that's something for the future too. But I think, yeah, very near future the two big things that we came away from this is we need to do an episode where we look at musicals yes and we need to do another episode where we look at 70s buddy cop films oh yeah that's right we're looking at Freebie and the Bean or Frankie and the Bean what is Freebie it? and the Bean and there was another one I there can't others. remember we'll, we'll there, there's going to be tons but yeah mm-hmm. because movies were just made differently in the 70s better ah, different. different yes well, on that note, that's probably a good place to wrap it up this month, unless you've got anything else to add, Mitch. Nothing. Alrighty. Well, you can find us on our website. We are the mapodcast.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook as facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere else you can find podcasts. Drop us a line on our Facebook or on our email and tell us what you think. Watch some disco films and tell us that we picked the absolute wrong disco films and there's better ones out there. I'm sure there probably is. Your disco. Maybe we should have watched Studio 55. Terrible movie. Is it? Well, I don't know. I'm saying that. I have no idea. Was it Studio 51? Studio 54. Studio 54. And there was something. There was another one around a similar time, and I did say that, and that was shit. No, we don't. No, you want disco at the time, not nostalgia pieces looking at. No. Unless anyone can say there's a really good one out there. I doubt there is. Maybe. Who knows? Mm. Alrighty. On that note, let's wrap it up. It's goodbye for me. And it's goodbye for him. (laughs) Two roadies. You gotta love me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Play.